Correspondent Gabby here with the hosts of Pokemon Radio, Derek and Ceci, for a very special bonus episode of Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. I got to sit down with Derek and Ceci and hear straight from them what they thought of their time with Edna and Cugis and Hoenn. Let's get right into it. So, thank you guys for joining me today. I'm really excited to get to talk with each of you again. Very excited. Not to sound me, but I'm very excited for the season to be over. I'm ready to uh, get a brief break, get into the next season. This was a very, uh, what's the word? Challenging. Very trying. Yeah. Challenging. <laughs> long season, if I, if I can say so. Yeah. Same. Yeah. All right. Well, then, I won't keep you too long here. Let's just get right into questions. Um, overall, how did your adventure go? Frustrating? Is that the best word? <laughs> I was, at least on my end, I was expecting to be able to teach Q's things. I was expecting to see progress, maybe force a belief and understanding of evolution. Uh, I feel like nothing got accomplished in this, in, in that frame of things. I would honestly also use the term frustrating, but not necessarily because I had any interpersonal issues with Edna. Um, she was lovely to spend time with. Um, she really seemed to have her head on straight and wanted to do right and try to be the best trainer that she could be. But I think that the parameters of this challenge made it very difficult to see a lot of success. And so it was frustrating to me as an observer to see just sort of how long things were taking and how much of a struggle it was for Edna. And then I don't want to speak for Edna, but also saying for her, I think that her first experience in the Pokeverse being this kind of journey, probably not really the best way to jump into that experience. Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely, y'all definitely had a better relationship wise mm -hmm. experience oh uh, yeah for for Q, just it was just very frustrating honestly i'm shocked he made it as far as he did to actually go through all the way i'll take full credit at this point i've been around three trainers who have made it through the pokemon league so clearly i am the common denominator so i was the <laughs> only reason he did it and that's what i'm gonna tell myself well can you tell us what did you expect going into this journey and how did it compare I kind of reference. I expected change. <laughs> I expected <laughs> to see little Q just grow and evolve. Emphasis on evolution. Not so much. Uh, he got a much better as a trainer. He learned some lessons in that way. But um, it's going to take, I think, some more life lessons to get him to grow beyond that, unfortunately. I think I was expecting, having spent so much time in Hoenn, Previously, I would ex I would consider myself to be somewhat of an expert in the region. I have a lot of familiarity with the area geographically, the Pokemon League, the Pokemon themselves that are in this region. So I expected this to be an interesting adventure in witnessing Edna use Pokemon that I personally wouldn't normally use or haven't normally used, you know, being a Pokemon trainer myself, certainly I evolve all of my Pokemon. I tend to use Pokemon that evolve. I don't really use any sort of mm. non-evolution Pokemon. So 
you know, how did it compare? On the one hand, I mean, that was true. I think Edna used a lot of Pokemon that I was not personally familiar with. Um, Solrock was a real star. I've never had any interest in a Solrock. I've never used a Solrock before. And it really stood out as a great Pokemon, at least for this journey. Tropius I had used before. I knew that that was going to be good for her. I was really disappointed, I think, in Mawile and Castform. Castform I had never used before. I thought that there were a lot of really interesting potential with that Pokemon that never really seemed to pan out. And then with Mawile, this was a Pokemon that I had had some experience with, but I would say that I personally never really figured out how to use correctly. And so when Edna got one, I was excited to see, you know, maybe I can learn from her as someone who's just kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Um, I thought maybe she'd figure out something or, you know, happen to figure out something that I had never considered before in terms of how to best utilize this Pokemon. And I feel like she kind of hit the same roadblocks that I have in the past of just not really finding a good team role for Mawile to fit. Um, so that was kind of a bummer, but yeah, overall, I think I had really high expectations and really was excited and interested to see where this journey went. And I think that generally speaking, it did not go in a direction that was particularly interesting to me as a journalist or as a like former trainer myself. Very much same. I I can emphasize that it wasn't as... It was a novelty at first, and then it just became annoying. Yeah. As opposed to it continuing to be a novelty. It was more just like, it, it's <laughs> it's not making sense. More so than anything. Sure. Well, then, can you tell us, what was the most surprising part of this intentional or non-intentional no evolution challenge? For sure, watching baby-ass Pokemon beat up on big Pokemon. <laughs> like, watching a Mudkip whip the ass of, like, fully evolved grown Pokemon was kind of hilarious. Um, that was definitely surprising. I would say the other most surprising and disappointing part was having to be dragged around by a Mudkip in a place <laughs> that was 90% water. Should not have signed up. I, the second hugest decided he wanted Mudkip, I should have told him no. Find a giant water Pokemon that doesn't evolve to fucking allow this to be more enjoyable because i don't want to see the ocean ever again i don't want to be around water i don't want any of that shit it was miserable so yeah that is surprising and disappointing all in one i think i would say the most surprising thing for me was that i expected edna to use more pokemon like first evolutions like pokemon that could evolve but that she just did not evolve Um, but her team pretty much until the end, there was the addition of Whalmer, um, that is a Pokemon that can evolve obviously into Whale Lord, but, you know, prior to that addition or switch up in the team, I think her team was entirely all just non-evolutionary Pokemon, like Pokemon that don't evolve, that don't have pre-evolutions, um, So I was surprised that she did not end up with more Pokemon that could evolve, but that she chose or was unable to evolve. 
That being said, I think the second thing that I would note as surprising, um, which was not an intention in the journey at all and just sort of happened, is that Kaufman the Torchic was such a contest star. I mean, the fact that Edna rolled into the first contest with Kaufman's current moveset just happenstance what he knew move-wise at that time and was able to just crush contest after contest with that moveset was shocking to me because I... I really expected Edna to struggle to figure out if this contest circuit was something that she wanted to pursue. I expected her to struggle to figure out which Pokemon to enter into these contests, which type of contest to pursue, and then being forced to level up that Pokemon to learn additional moves to add to its moveset that would be advantageous to this um, contest circuit. And for that to really not be the case was actually very surprising to me. Yeah, I almost forgot about that subplot, if I'm completely honest. The subplot of, like, the fucking just, like, contest star that was Little Torchic. Yeah. That was kind of adorable. So, (laughs) and Kaufman, sorry. Didn't mean to not use your name there, Torchic. But either way, like, yeah, definitely shocking. Um, definitely did not expect that, but that was more pleasant surprises. I would feel like most of mine were negative surprises. That was a very exciting surprise that I feel like even I got to get excited about. Yeah, two very different, um, surprises for Edna, I would say. Well, thinking towards other trainers that might be interested in taking on this challenge, um, what would you or will you suggest to trainers that they do differently than what Edna and Q just did in this journey? I would become a better trainer so i could steal <laughs> one of his pokemon and evolve it in front of him and honestly i think it's gonna happen at some point i'm calling this now if we do a follow-up a year from now with q just i think by accident he's gonna witness evolution i think he's been while he didn't admit anything to me i think he started questioning things i think he started realizing how dumb a lot of his opinions are and despite the fact that he seems stubborn i think some time alone is gonna be good for him and he's gonna witness things that kind of get him out of the mindset that he's kind of stuck in I think I have hope. Yeah, for sure. I think if this is something that a trainer is doing willingly, something that I would suggest doing differently is really spending time dedicated to figuring out your team in advance and understanding sort of what type advantages or stat advantages you might need in the later stages of this Pokemon League challenge. And investigate Pokemon that can evolve that can fill those roles. Because like I said before, that's really something that I felt was missing from Edna's journey. That Q just, I think, surprisingly and unexpectedly did very well. Is utilizing Pokemon that could evolve, but just choosing not to. I felt like that was more true to the spirit of this challenge whereas Edna like I said ended up with a lot of Pokemon that just did not evolve full stop and so for her using a team of Pokemon that did not evolve at all to complete this challenge was really I felt an unintentional side effect of this particular rule set or this particular restriction that was not necessarily in the spirit of the restriction so I would like to see yeah. more Pokemon used that could evolve, but just chose not to. 
No, I very much agree. I think that was a cool thing that Q just did. Now, we should have like a montage at some point of him just going, no, every time one of his <laughs> Pokemon leveled up or like pretending to sneeze like, ah, no, like <laughs> the level of excuses he had. I stopped even fighting it at one point. But that's actually one of the things that I think is going to force him to realize that at some point you do that enough times, you realize you're wrong. And I think that's the <laughs> biggest thing that I learned is that I can't tell someone they're wrong. They have to learn it. And I think Q just is going to... I just learned a life lesson. Holy Did fuck. Did you learn that, just, Derek? Is that is that a life lesson that you're going to take forward with you <laughs> into your Fuck no. I'm going to forget that in five minutes. But either way. Either way. At least in the Pokeverse, it's a it's a lesson you've learned. Exactly. Thanks for that. Um, To wrap up here with Edna and Q just, can you tell us what do you think the future holds for them? I think growth. That's what I'm going to keep telling myself. I think he's going to get out into the Pokemon world, being a Pokemon champion, get away from his family, learn things. And I really think when I revisit him, he's going to be a changed person. But just that's usually the biggest thing. You always talk about like when like you go off to college or like you go off to be a Pokemon trainer and you go off out into the world is usually when you change as a person, mm-hmm. become less ignorant and learn things and grow. And I feel like I might have been being too forceful with Q, just trying to push him into the right direction. But I think being out in the world and being away from his family is going to be the best thing for him. And I do think, and I have hope, looking at it not being actively frustrated in this situation, that Q just is going to grow. So that is the future. I think he is going to change as a person and evolve his Pokemon at some point because his team would be so much better if it wasn't fucking the first evolution of everything. Oh my gosh, if he had a Delcaddy, game over. That Pokemon can learn like any TM. It would have been so It wouldn't have been replaced. It would have never been replaced. (laughs) Um, For Edna, I think, and I hate to to go back to this place because I think this is what I predicted for Dino as well. But I don't think that Edna sticks with Pokemon training. I could tell uh, towards the end of that journey, I would say from Lily Cove city on where it was just full of water roots, trying to figure out what was going on with team magma and team aqua, trying to find the gyms, you know, really fighting tooth and nail to advance in this journey when everything seemed to be working against her. I think for her as someone who did not grow up in the Pokeverse and, mm. you know, was not raised sort of with this expectation that at some point in your life you leave on a Pokemon journey, you have these transformational experiences and you grow and that sort of influences where you sort of progress as an adult. I think for Edna, mm. this was more like, I moved into this place that's unfamiliar to me. I have a stepfather who is a leader in this community. He's a gym leader, literally. Um, (laughs) You know, I want to connect with him. I want to really, like, immerse myself in this region and understand the culture of this new place that I'm moving to. But I think to her as someone who, like I said, didn't grow up with this, culture i think she's like you know what i did this thing i became the pokemon league champion but i don't think it was fun for her i think that it was very stressful i think that it was anxiety inducing um i definitely saw a shift in her after like i said leaving the mainland after leaving lily cove city where she was like this is just this is not fun for me anymore but this is something that i committed to doing so i'm gonna see it through to the end um mm-hmm. so i just i don't think that she sticks with the battling aspect of it 
maybe she sticks around and is just like a star on the contest scene and is like, you know what, this is the aspect of Pokemon culture that I am best suited for and this is what I'm Mm. going to pursue. So I could see that for sure. Just like a, yeah, it's almost like a side adventure for her more so than anything to kind of experience all this and be a Pokemon, which is kind of crazy to think about someone being like, especially as a tiny child, being like talented enough to be like, oh, my side adventure, Pokemon champion, fuck y'all. Like, right. that's kind of crazy if you think about it. Like, Yeah, for sure. Q just does not have that problem. I really appreciate the time that you guys have taken out of your day today. And I just wanted to open the floor. I know that... You know, you guys teased that you're going to be going to Sinnoh for season four of the show. And I just wanted to give you all the opportunity to share a little bit more about that um, with your listeners. Yeah, so um, season four, we're going to be in Sinnoh. I'm really excited about that. Um, The trainers that we are following are actually summer interns for the Pokemon League in Sinnoh. So this is the first time that we're not really doing a challenge or... um, a detail that's associated with one of the regional professors. Um, But these trainers that are summer interns for the Pokemon League, they are going to be, of course, challenging the Pokemon League, learning about the inner workings through their journey. um, And they are going to be, as they progress through the Pokemon League challenge, taking on Pokemon um, that the gym leaders themselves use. So as they accrue badges, their Pokemon teams are going to be filled up with Pokemon that are of the same type that those gym leaders use. Yeah, that sounds like a great time. I'm very excited to see this. It allows a lot of flexibility. There's not really like tight restrictions. You still allow each trainer to kind of take on their own personality, even with type restrictions, because there's so many multi-type Pokemon. Like I'm very excited to see this. Um, Yeah, and there's so many more spoilers to come. These trainers are very interesting, and I think y'all will really get to love them as they go. So, uh, yeah. Do we want to share their names to start to tease people? Ooh, why not? Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) What what is the trainer that you'll be following, Sassy? All right. So the trainer that I am going to be following is named Jenna. She is the daughter of Jenna Rink, of course, the famous character from 13 Going on 30, which is, of course, about a teenage girl that wakes up when she's 30 and suddenly has a corporate job. So, of course, her daughter is going to be thrown right into the corporate sphere. She's already got a couple of corporate internships under her belt. She's a bit of a name dropper. Um, So I am very excited to follow her um, journey through the Pokemon League. Look at that. All right. So all I was given. So for these, they like write letters and things like that. So we get like little previews. Sounds like your trainer had a lot more uh, detail. And it was a lot more. Uh, all I got from Classic. mine is uh, not surprising, but I have hope. So the trainer that I will be documenting journaling in this experience, his name is Pujus. P-O-O-J-U-S. And I had asked kind of like, hey, like, is there any significance to the name Pujas? And he said, yeah, my parents named me that because they knew I'd be the shit. That's all I got. So I, I'll be hanging out with Pujas next season, who is apparently the shit. And we'll learn more about it from there. I love it. I love it. I'm very excited for this. Same. I'm very invested in this. He seems great. I think it's going to be a very, very fun time. All right. Well, 
I think that we can wrap it up there. Thank you both for joining us. Listeners, you can look for Season 4 of Pokemon Radio dropping June 20th with our trainers Jenna and Pujis in Sinnoh. I'm certainly looking forward to our shared journeys through that region. Um, Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you then.